All right, welcome everybody. Hi, um, my name is Meg. I am part of the Power to Fly virtual hosting team here, and I am super excited to be joining all of you today for this chat um, with our guests from PayPal. So um, before we get started, I do just want to, um, here we go, sorry guys, I've got to share my screen with y'all. Um, I do just want to call out a couple of um, housekeeping items that we've got going on. Um, if you've joined us for a chat and learn previously, this will kind of be old hat for you. Um, but just to kind of make sure that you are, that we're all on the same page, um, I want to make sure that we, uh, you know, kind of go over some of our basic uh, housekeeping items today. So um, to that point, I want to highlight for you that we, you know, like all of our, our presentations and all of our virtual events here, um, today is all about you. It's all about our participants and our community members, and we want to make sure that you get just as much out of today as we do. So if you would like to, um, you're more than welcome to turn your cameras on. Um, so kind of let us see your, your smiling maskless faces. No need to be insta-perfect if you've got, you know, furry coworkers or you know child supervisors or whatever you've got going on, no worries, we love to see it. Everybody's welcome to attend here. Um, now, one thing I will tell you is that if you do, um, you will show up on our live recording of today's session, which we are recording um, to our, our website as well as um, to our YouTube channel. So you will show up on the live recording if you come off mute at any point to comment or um, ask a question or anything like that. It won't, you won't come, show up on the recording if you just turn your cameras on or anything like that. So to that end, if you don't want to show up on the recording, but you do still want to participate, great. You are more than welcome to do that. All you have to do is type um, any questions or comments you have into the Zoom group chat. Um, it'll show up on, uh, on your Zoom toolbar. And if you have, you know, something that you would like to ask, but you want your question raised, raised anonymously, not a problem. Um, you're just going to open that Zoom group chat and instead of sending it to everyone, you're going to click that little drop down and pick my name, Meg, hyphen power fly, and you'll send it to me directly. Um, I don't need to know why you want it anonymous. No worries. I'll just make sure that your question or comment is raised and keep you anonymous. Um, like I said earlier, uh, this, this whole session is going to be recorded. So whether you stay for five minutes or the full 60, um, everybody that's, that registered for today's session, whether you're able to join us right now or not, hi, future people that are watching this as a recording, um, everybody that registered is going to get an email in one to two business days, and it'll have a link to where you can rewatch this recording. And if Holly or Tarika say something that is just mind blowing and you have to tell one of your friends or you just can't, you can't wait till that email hits your inbox to share this with other people, not a problem. Um, you, you'll be able to catch the recording, I think almost as soon as we finish today on our YouTube channel. So you can find us on YouTube. We are at Power to Fly. Um, you can also um, subscribe to our YouTube channel there, which will be, it's really great if you, um, you know, don't want to, you want to make sure you don't miss one of these sessions without kind of cluttering up your inbox. Now you won't be registered, so you won't get like a rewatch email, but you can always check out these, um, these chats uh, after the fact and rewatch them at your convenience. Um, you can also check them out on our website. It's always free on both YouTube and our website to view all of our videos. Um, and you can also follow us and keep up with us on other social media channels as well. We are at Power to Fly on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Um, so please feel free to keep up with us there. You're also more than welcome to take um, video or screenshots or whatever as we go um, to share with people on social. Just make sure you tag us because we always want to know where we are spreading the love. Um, so last but not least, um, the one thing I do want to call out is that if you are going to come off mute at any point to like ask a question, you'll notice that when you came in today, you were automatically muted. Um, we do that to make sure that we maintain audio clarity. You'll see me going off and on mute as I'm actively speaking a lot today um, because I have two bulldogs snoring under my desk and nobody wants to have to listen to that the whole time. So if you, unless you are actively like asking a question or um, posing a comment to somebody, um, or to one of our speakers, please, please, please try and make sure you are on mute. Um, if I do mute you, I won't do it in the middle of what you're saying, but if I do mute, you know, people that have background noise or something, it's not a rebuke. You're so welcome to, to participate. It's just to maintain audio clarity for our recording as well as for everybody that's here. Um, and last thing is we have a, a ton of great questions that were pre-submitted here. So as we go through these questions, um, a lot of them came from all, all of you that are our, our watchers, our viewers today. Um, we condensed all those, we pulled redundant questions, and we kind of arranged them into a conversational flow. Now, if you have a question that you want to make sure gets asked, even if you pre-submitted it, the best thing you can do is come off mute and ask, or put it into the Zoom group chat, or DM me, 
so that way we can you know, make sure that your question gets asked and answered today. That goes for if you pre-submitted the question, if a question just occurs to you today, whatever. Um, please understand that as our, our participants today, um, you, you have like prime spot. So if you have a question and you wanna make sure we get to it, please feel free to ask. Um, this whole session is all for you guys. So please feel free to direct the conversation there if you like. Um, all right, so um, I am super excited to introduce you to the first of our two speakers. Um, Tarika Sati is the Director of Engineering at PayPal, enabling merchants to accept payments from anywhere in the world. She has 18 years of industry experience in building large scale systems and high performing teams. She has a master's in computer engineering from the University of South Carolina, and she started her career with multiple startups before jo joining PayPal in 2006. Um, as you can see, there's more bullet points from there. Um, but um, Taraka, um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to, uh, to that introduction? Yeah, um, sure. Um, if I, you cannot tell yet, uh, I grew up in, I'm from India. I grew up in India uh, for most part of my life. Um, and then um, as a kid, I loved math and I became good at it. Uh, naturally, I picked engineering as my major. Um, so among our the two um, stories that we want to narrate today is the traditional and non-traditional. I was the one who uh, was the who took the traditional path of taking engineering as my major in the college and then um, did my research and figured how best to advance myself in the engineering and then um, saw the masters in US probably holds better opportunities or gives me better opportunities for the future. So um, I came to US to do my masters. Right after I finished my graduation um, is when I got a, a career opportunity uh, at a startup uh, to be an entry level engineer. Uh, that's how I, my whole of engineering um, career has started uh, really with the startup. Um, in back in 2002. Uh, so I st did a couple of um, startups before joining PayPal. Um, and when after I joined PayPal, I took up various roles, uh, being an engineer for the longest time, uh, an individual contributor for the longest time. Then I became a technical lead and a solutions architect before I um, jumped into engineering management. And uh, after I became an engineering manager, grew into senior manager, and then now a director of engineering. Um, I love what I'm doing. Um, apart from um, focused on my own career path, I am very passionate about helping other women um, also advance themselves. Um, I see that uh, technology has empowered a lot of women. So I try to focus my uh, energy and time towards um, programs like coding circles um, that we offer at um, PayPal. Um, so I'm one of the co-leads uh, who um, conduct these coding circles for women. Um, apart from that, uh, I think I have a life outside uh, engineering and career as well. I love to dance. I've been formally trained when I was a kid and uh, I love to dance um, and teach kids uh, at my leisure time. So cool. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tarika. Oh, I'm mispronouncing it again, aren't I? Tarika? Tarika, yes. Tarika, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to make sure we get this right. Um, okay, so next up, I'd like to introduce to you Holly Stottlemyre. Um, Holly is a software engineer for Braintree's SDK team at PayPal. Her career is the textbook definition of non-traditional. She started as an actress in NYC, transitioned to, to the retail tech sector, working for Apple's flagship stores for four years, and then had nine years, nine plus years in FinTech working on Wall Street and now works at PayPal in Chicago. Um, she's got an associates in occupational studies from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, uh, graduate of a dev bootcamp. And um, she also enjoys playing Fall Guys with her sister every Saturday morning. Um, so Holly, welcome, um, and thank you for joining us today. Is there anything that you would like to add to that introduction? Yeah, uh, thanks for the wonderful introduction. Um, I think one of the things I really loved as um, Tarika and I were planning, helping plan this event was being able to talk about how we both were able to plan and plan careers, even though we came from like completely opposite ends. Um, so I'm definitely non-traditional, as you all can tell from that intro. Um, 
But one of the things that really carried me as far as jumping across different um, industries and moving to different roles, um, I always had in mind, um, I would say like, I, I learned pretty early on how to build self-awareness um, of myself, what makes me like good at what I'm doing now. Um, and then also just being able to give myself the time to kind of sit back and really think about like, what are the things that are going well for me in my current role? What are the things that I want to see from my future role? Um, and, and also just like thinking long-term as far as, you know, where do I want to be eventually? Um, I, I definitely did like a career change when I left um, entertainment and decided to not pursue acting professionally. Um, and when I did that, I really had to do some soul searching because I think um, for a lot of folks, we tend to divine, uh, define our self-value through our work. Um, and it's, it's a learning experience realizing that that's not the case. That's, that's not what should define you. Um, and, and it's okay that it doesn't define you. Um, cause you really do get to discover like at your core, what are the things that like really make you happy? Um, because I do have a lot of experience doing roles that I would say are pretty heavy in emotional labor. So as far as doing support roles, anybody who's worked in the service industry or at a retail job, like everybody there is an expert in emotional labor because I think we've all had to deal with an angry customer or 10. Um, and so, you know, being able to take those skills and learn how to carry them in the other roles, it's still very important. Um, and I, I think that was one of the things that, um, especially going to Dev Bootcamp, they helped you examine your current experience and really identify like, what are the things that you enjoy doing? And what are the skills that you currently have that you can apply to your next role? Um, and that really helped alleviate a lot of my nervousness um, going to a coding bootcamp, learning like how to learn to program from scratch and then like going into interviews and you know the interview processes for a lot of tech companies can be really overwhelming and intimidating. Um, and I think especially for women, um, I don't remember where I read it, but like for women, we tend to like not apply to jobs unless when we're looking through the responsibilities, we already see that we're doing like two thirds or more of the responsibilities. Whereas men, they'll apply for roles where they're meeting less than a third of the responsibilities. And they'll just say, oh, it's fine. I'll learn it on the job. So I'd say like one of the things that I really had to learn and go through was like thinking about re reminding myself to think about a situation as far as like, what would a white straight guy do? <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, that's, I think that's a good intro to my career. Um, I, I'm really excited about these questions. I know Tarika is just as excited. So, I mean, I'm happy for us to just dive right in. Awesome. And thank you for that advice. Um, it's absolutely something we do hear a lot, um, especially when it comes to, you know, maybe putting yourself forward for promotions or looking at, you know, jumping into a new job. Um, you know, if you can already do everything that's on the list for, you know, for this particular role, is it going to be a challenge? Are you going to be challenged or are you just going to be bored as soon as you get up to speed at this new company? So I, I find it helpful to look at it from that aspect. If I'm not feeling particularly brave for myself to remind myself that like, well, I don't want to be bored because boredom for me is killer when it comes to productivity and excitement about the job. So if you're going to be, if you already meet all the criteria, you're going to be bored. If there's nothing new for you to learn, you know, it's not a challenge for you. You're not, you know, elevating your career. So thank you for that. Um, okay. So last thing I want to call out before we get started is that um, PayPal is hiring and they are on Power to Fly. So I'm going to put a link here in the chat in just a second where you can check out um, Power to Fly or PayPal's page on Power to Fly. Um, this, you're going to be, there's going to be a couple different things that you want to check out here. Um, one of the first is that um, this, if you check out their, their page, you can follow that link. It'll show you, um, you can kind of learn more about PayPal and Braintree as a company. Um, there's their company info there. There's also um, gonna be a tab for events. You can check out what kind of upcoming events they might have happening like today's chat and learn or our virtual career fairs, participation in our summit series, office hours, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you can also check out their open role. So that'll be under that open jobs tab. Now, when you go to PayPal, if you are, especially if you're like curious about the company or you're interested in working with them, there's gonna be a big pink follow button at the upper right-hand corner of your page. 
definitely click that if you are at all interested in PayPal. What that's gonna do is it's gonna tell the PayPal team that you are very interested in working with them, but it's also gonna do something great for you. It's gonna keep you updated when they post new roles, if they sign up for events like today, or um, if they have any kind of changes to like their hiring status or info about their company, like when Braintree and PayPal merge. Um, so please, please, please click that follow button. Especially important if you wanna work for PayPal, but don't currently see any roles that would suit you or that you're interested in, definitely click that follow button. Um, that's good. Like I said, that's gonna keep you up to date when they post open roles. So you don't have to feel like you keep coming back and, and checking the same job boards and nothing changes. Um, that also works um, uh, for any other companies that have pages on Power to Fly. You can follow and unfollow as many times as you like, and you can follow as many companies at a time as you like as well. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, it's a great way to make sure that, you know, the next time they have a role posted, they have the ability to check out that list that is their follow network first. So it's a great way to make sure that you stand head and shoulders above other applicants. Um, so uh, next thing I wanna call out, these are the questions that we have. So we've got two pages of these questions. I'm gonna keep buzzing through, um, but we're gonna jump in here. Don't feel like, again, like you have to take notes or anything um, because you can always rewatch the chat later. So if you miss something that somebody says, um, but yeah, please feel free to jump in if you have questions. Just make sure that you are A, muting yourself when you're not actively speaking, B, not talking over our guest speakers or um, any other participants. I know this can be rough, but you know, just in case. Um, but if I'm just prattling on and you have a question you wanna ask, I get paid to fill the silence. So please, please, please feel free to interrupt me. Um, all right, so as we get started here, the first question that we have for you both um, is how did you get over the fear to jump into a white male dominated industry? Oh, yeah, I can take it. Um, it's not like I have uh, gone over the fear. Um, it's gone through the fear. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, I mean, definitely uh, I've been in places, uh, This my career started in 2002. The world was very different back then uh, when I compare it now. Um, there were many, lot less women when I'm doing my masters. I mean, the ratio was like, oh my God, like, yeah, probably 5% men, women. Um, and even uh, I remember in PayPal, when I first started in PayPal in 2006, um, in our entire business unit, there were only two women programmers, myself and another one. And uh, we went over, um, we went to lunch together and we were wondering, are we in the wrong field? <laughs> like, is something wrong with us to be like, how can we just be two um, among all, so many men? So definitely, um, but the passion uh, and my aspiration to dream big was, I mean, was so big um, that I think it just over, it just um, was, oh, has helped me overcome that fear automatically. It's like, so the, my passion and aspirations are already set on something big, much bigger than my fears that I, it just pushed me through those um, uh, situations that helped me go through the fear and then learn um, yeah, I think there is no other uh, formula other than going through your fears, building awareness that, hey, this exists, um, but uh, there is what I want um, is something that I need to, um, is out there. So for me to get there, I think I just need to pass through these fears for myself. So it was mostly a, um, the courage, uh, building courage was definitely, I think, a skill that I had to learn. It didn't come naturally. Uh, what do you need? Focusing more on the efforts rather than um, like, yeah, show, focusing more on like, how do I show up versus hey, what efforts am I bringing? Uh, what efforts can I actually uh, put uh, to get there? So focusing more on uh, or aiming for excellence in my efforts has helped me go through those fears uh, successfully. I love that, like going through the fear rather than getting over it. It's very much um, like the only way out is through. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to add on to that if I can. Um, yeah, please. Definitely, when I started working at Apple, women were outnumbered 10 to one. And I remember my first week of training, um, 
I, I didn't know anything about how computer, like, of course I knew how to use a computer, but I didn't know hardware, how things talk to each other, how computers were built. Um, and so I asked a question about some Wi-Fi routers um, and training and the specialist who was training us said, clearly they saw some other skills when they hired you. Um, and that was like the first instance of um, a man deciding that I didn't have technical knowledge. and. I am the kind of person where when people underestimate me, I get, I get a, I get a crawl and I'm just like, well, I will show you. And I made it a point to, you know, fortunately like Apple had provided a lot of training. And so I just made it a point to start learning as much as I could so that the next time, if I was in the vicinity of that person and they didn't know the answer, I would be in a position to have the technical answer to show them that like, yes, I can do this. Um, and that, that is something that I personally have carried with me. Like I definitely have a personality where if someone says, no, you can't do this, I'm going to find a way to do it. <laughs> um, um, but I also think, you know, as far as like jumping into the fear, I I'm also now at a point, like I, I too had to learn a little bit of courage. Cause like at first just starting out, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to learn from it. And then I, and then I'll show them. Whereas now, um, I do feel more confident. Um, I really enjoy, uh, I put together a gaming PC with my fiance. And when we went to go buy a computer part, um, the person who was helping us immediately turned to my fiance, because of course he would know what's going on in the computer. And like, I relish moments like that because I want to jump in and like prove that they have made fundamental, like bad assumptions about me as, as a woman. Um, but I didn't always have that courage. So like, I agree that like growing courage is something that like definitely takes time in your career. Um, and, you know, and now I'm at a point where like, I love it. I want to, I want to jump in and I want to like, I want to get people like off their comfort, like out of their comfort zones when it comes to like unconscious bias that we have about the person that we're talking to. I absolutely love that. Um, that kind of like, drive like that almost like petty drive to like prove something like prove somebody wrong that kind of like <laughs> it's like positive petty you know it's like you're succeeding to spite someone else the power of positive pettiness <laughs> yes. oh my gosh i love this i absolutely love this that's gonna be my mantra for the week for sure positive of powerful what is it power the positive of, of positive pettiness <laughs> can't english today guys sorry it's a struggle okay so for our next question, this person wanted to know, what is one thing you wish you would have started or stopped doing earlier as you look back on your career? I'm just going to say up front that like, this is a hard question. We, we got these questions before going into this event. And like, this has been a hard one for me to kind of think on. Um, I think one thing I wish I had stopped doing earlier in my career was, um, I want to, I wouldn't use the word complacent. Um, but I would say just kind of like women are raised socially to be kind and accepting. And, um, sometimes like, especially like for black women, if we're assertive about something that we don't like, then all of a sudden we're viewed as being angry or troubled. Um, and I think one thing I wish I would have stopped earlier in my career was, um, was just kind of accepting that like, it's okay not to say something. Um, cause if something is upsetting you, like it's absolutely worth raising that feedback. Um, and I, I think that's, I, I think it has taken years and years of many instances of women, like having the courage to come out and to call racism and sexism when they see it. And, you know, we had the whole Me Too movement. Like it, it's still a growing movement where we're trying to build acceptance where, you know, people from marginalized backgrounds can feel comfortable to speak up and say like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. Um, so I, I, wish, I wish I had put my foot down earlier in my career. But I mean, like Tarika said, I started, I, I graduated from high school in 2004. Like 2004 is totally a different time period than 2020 now. Oh my gosh, right? Like I'm, I'm also a 2004 graduate and it's, it's kind of astonishing the kind of stuff that we 
we marinated in. You didn't realize it was a problem because no one was there to say things like, that's problematic. That's BS. You shouldn't have to sit through that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think even I, for me, it took me um, some time to think about this. I think networking is something which I've always given a low priority um, early in my career. And now when I look back, I'm like, now I, I do it so consciously and put a lot of effort um, into it. Um, and I reap the benefits from it. And now I'm looking back, gosh, I wish I, I had, I mean, focused on this from get-go. I had much more wider network to rely on and would have made so many connections in this last 18 plus years. So definitely from get-go, if I have to give an advice to my younger self, I would say, start building your network. Like, don't wait, uh, reach out, build your connections within the company, outside the company, find, I mean, like, I think there's so much, so many more venues available now than the past. Uh, there are meetups that are happening, um, especially with the, in women communities. So it's a lot more safer for you to network with um, and find relevance with each other. So I definitely would advise um, if you're now starting early in your career, definitely like don't wait uh, to realize the power of networking. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And if you're interested in networking with other people within your industry, but maybe not within your same area, um, like geographical location, your business, whatever, um, we are hosting meetups and, um, and things like that for specific careers, uh, career groups or um, specific you know, kind of professions. So please feel free to check out our website. Um, you can definitely find more of those in our, our upcoming events. Um, okay, so this next question wants to know, do you believe, what do you believe was the secret for your career growth? Discipline, diligence, networking, we touched on networking a little bit earlier, or is there something else that you think is really like the secret for you personally? I think for me, resiliency <laughs> is my secret. Um, throughout my career, I've played multiple roles and multiple domains. I've worked in multiple technology stacks. So within PayPal, this is my fifth team um, and probably seventh or eighth role that I'm playing as a director of engineering. So every time it is a fresh start. Uh, because either the technology stack is completely unfamiliar to me. I'm I worked in database layers. I worked in mid-tier servicing layers, worked in web application frameworks. I worked in mobile native apps. Um, so every time it's a completely different uh, stack and domain. Uh, I worked in merchant, I worked, I worked in consumer facing, I worked in infra. So um, every time I had to uh, start learning, uh, had to be a learner, a uh, beginner um, from where I, where I stood. Uh, I think, um, the really the success or uh, the secret is taking ownership. Um, I don't have to know it all. I think I've learned it uh, over time that, hey, like Holly already uh, mentioned, as women, we tend to be like super focused on being on perfection a lot. Hey, maybe I should know everything. I should be an expert at this. And then only I can sign up for this assignment. Rather, you raise if you're interested. Uh, if you think like this is something that, that can uh, help you advance, uh, bring you the visibility, uh, definitely first raise it up, take the ownership, uh, take the ownership to figure it out, aim for excellence, obviously, um, because when you take it up, uh, people are relying on you and you build your credibility by uh, meeting those expectations and exceeding the expectations um, of that assignment. And then, um, show resi and, and that resilience. And sometimes you, I mean, the, you will fail in the beginning, right? Because you don't, you don't know everything. Uh, so you will figure it out. Trust me, you will find, you will get a lot of support when you take the ownership and, and say that I'll figure this out. I don't know the answers to everything, but I'll figure this out. There are many people who will give you that support. Um, I mean, and you somehow, yeah, universe will help you. And that's what I found every single time. I made a role change. Uh, I'm, I completely changed my domain or technology stack. It's just that sense of ownership. I um, treat that 
treat it as if you own it. Like, yeah, treat every single assignment as if you own it. Uh, uh, yeah, don't uh, probably show like, hey, this is what I'll do. This is not my job. This is not my area of responsibility. Know the why's. Uh, so as, as a business owner, if you want to really succeed or make your business a success, you want to know everything. So know everything, aim for that excellence uh, when you take it up. Yeah. If, if I would add one thing, I would say the biggest secret for me was uh, probably two things um, coming back to like self-awareness as far as knowing what I liked about my current role, what I wanted from a future role, um, and then just keeping an open mind and staying curious. Um, if you would have told me 10, 15 years ago, like, hey, Holly, you're going to work for a large broker dealer on Wall Street. I would have laughed in your face. Um, and that just totally came from someone I had worked with at Apple that I had good, I had a good working relationship with them and they approached me and they just said like, Hey, I know you're bored. My company's looking for an executive assistant. What do you think? And I was like, eh, let's give it a shot. I went into that interview, not expecting to be enthused or excited about working for that company. And I came out of it completely blown away and really hoping I was going to get that job. Um, so I, I definitely would say, you know, keeping an open mind um, and especially when it comes to your career growth, because I think um, a lot of us try and build like a very narrow bubble of like, well, this is only what I can do. Um, but, you know, without a little bit of curiosity or just, um, you know, just keeping an open mind, like you never know what's going to, what's going to come down your way. Yeah, so very true. Um, okay, I just want to call out for everybody. We have a little less than half an hour left. We've got about 28 minutes left in today's session. So if you have a question that you want to make sure gets asked, please feel free to um, either come off mute and ask it, or you can throw it up into the group chat. Um, I do just want to take a minute as we hold for anybody that wants to come off mute to ask their question. Um, we did have um, Donna who commented in the chat earlier saying, um, that you should stop giving the effort of four people instead of one in order to be seen or noticed or acknowledged. And that was a really good point that they raised um, that, you know, the, that kind of feeds into that model minority myth, right? And that women, even white women, um, can very much and very easily fall into this trap, especially when you're in a male dominated environment that, you know, you're trying to gain respect in the field or, or make sure that you're kind of leveling up your experience and taking on all these things. But you want to make sure that if you're doing that, you're being valued for it. Don't do it like kind of spinning your wheels in hopes that someone will notice you at some point because, you know, you teach people how to treat you. And if you're constantly teaching them that you don't need the recognition or that you're, you're willing to do all this extra that nobody else has to do, you know, Holly, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I have a really good anecdote that aligns with this. Um, so while I was working for Wall Street, I was an executive assistant. And when I first started, I was the executive assistant for one person. And then there came a point when I realized I was an executive assistant for three people plus a sales team. And I had a sit down with my you know, direct manager. And I was like, I'd like to review my current workload. And the fact that I haven't, like my work has tripled but my pay has not. And that started a conversation to make sure that I was getting compensated for the extra work that I was doing. Um, and it also like, it put it in a way where like I framed the conversation in a way that it was very clear to a business owner. Like this is the return on investment that you're getting from me right now. But like the pay that you've been giving me hasn't changed. And like, that's not fair. Um, and, and instead of saying like, I feel like you're not paying me enough or I feel like I'm working too much, like trying to frame it in a very like nuts and bolts math and like trying to come back to it from a math point as far as like, this is what I'm contributing to your company's bottom line. And I expect my compensation to be, to be met with this extra work that I'm doing. Um, I love that. That's a really great way to frame that question. You're yeah. Right. It also helps you get over the butterflies of like advocating for yourself, because if you're putting it in a very logical way, you know, it's like, well, how can they argue with math? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And also like, it's one of those things where even if, if what ends up happening is like, well, there's really not a budget to pay you more. What you've established is like, okay, let's review my current workload. Because if I'm new and I've been trying to like, you know, be a team player and take on all this extra stuff, 
if this is not things that you're willing to pay me for, and we can agree that they're above and beyond what I was hired to do, then we need to talk about redistributing some of these tasks because I don't need to be responsible for all of these things if that's not what you are intending for me to be doing every day. So yeah, that's really great. Yeah, I think to add on to it, that's why I think when you take up ownership or when you are uh, yeah, putting a lot of efforts on your uh, work, it's very important to not make your work in make your work invisible. You have to make it visible um, by advocating for yourself, either through your manager or through your, all the connections that you've made. Um, you want to make that visible by, shedding, uh, by shining light on your accomplishments, on the, your contributions, on the impact that you're bringing to your business and to your organization. Super important that you do it as a side project, just like you're taking up uh, your assignments, uh, along with the, the list of the projects that you're working on, you should have a side project, which, which says my, my growth, like it should be titled as my growth, uh, my growth plan. And then you should have a proper planning and steps that you're taking um, uh, regularly to make sure like you're advocating for yourself or in my case, I also tend to use uh, that to grow my team, to shine light on my team's growth. Oh, I'm so glad this. you brought that yeah. up. So this <laughs> leads like, into one of these other questions we had, right? This, yeah. these, this person wanted to know, can you share advice on building successful long-term career plans and what should be taken into account? So Tarika, you kind of started with this like idea of a, your growth plan. Holly, what did you want to add to this? Um, yeah, like especially uh, commenting on taking ownership and keeping like your own little side project around your growth. I would also say... Um, that side project around your growth, try and include specific, like quantifiable results of things that you have done. So um, let's say like I discovered a bug that I fixed. And as a result, I saved like X amount in like transactional volume or like X revenue to the company. Like it's very important to find a way to quantify what you're learning and how you're growing. Um, with something that has some kind of quantifiable value because it empowers you when you're doing any kind of a review with your current employer, but it's also something that you can put on a resume that looks freaking amazing. Like when you're looking at a resume saying like, I led this project, which resulted in X amount of volume. I helped these accounts, which are our three biggest clients. Like being able to put something like that on your resume is going to make you stand out from like the wheat in the chaff. Um, I, um, I'm on like interview panels here at Braintree and PayPal in my last role. Um, I had to go through resumes to find my replacement for some roles. And like, it really helps you stand out as a potential candidate when you put things like that. Um, or if like even an activity that you did maybe outside of work, um, like if you work with a charity group or you know, any kind of volunteer work, um, it's a great story to use in a cover letter as well when it has some kind of like an actionable result because it's something that's gonna help you stand out from all of the other candidates that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody can be busy, but to show that you had um, effect or what, you know, what the, what the, the byproduct was of the, all this, you know, work that you did at this other company, hugely, hugely helpful. And to that end, one of the things that I picked up really early in my job history or my career um, was to kind of keep, uh, I kept a, a folder in my, in my email drive that was labeled kudos and so anytime anybody, you know, sent me an email that like praised something I had done, or I had like, like a measurable result for something in it, I just forwarded it to that kudos folder. I had it like, I think I had it like with like a search term or something. So like if the, if the subject line just said kudos all in caps, it would automatically put it in this folder. Um, and that way I could kind of keep everything in one area. So when I went to update my resume or I went to like, you know, talk about like at a, um, you know, a performance review or contract negotiations or whatever, I had all that information right at my fingertips of like, well, they said I was great at this and this and this and all the clients love me. And, you know, so it's a really um, easy way to like kind of compile this information and make it really easy on yourself. So you're not trying to sit there and think like, 
well, somebody said they really liked that project I did. And it was like six months ago. And what was the project? And yeah, it's like, make yeah. it easier on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that side project. So there is also saying that, hey, start from, an, start from the end. Um, when you're thinking about long-term career plans, you would want to see where you want to see yourself, right? Start from the end. Um, where do you want to be in your life? What do you want to be doing in your life? Um, start have that um, high level questions answered um, in your head. Um, so take some time to really, I mean, go through those explorations in your head uh, and then figure out what are the different career paths that are available because you need not uh, get fixated or reserve or be uh, uh, or, yeah, fixed with one path. Because once you know the ends where you want to be, then you will first find multiple options to get there. And even if you haven't uh, put down everything now, uh, maybe in the future you will come across an opportunity that might you might uh, find a link. Oh, this opportunity seems very interesting and very different from what, and I haven't thought about this, but this leads me to where I want to be. So when you know that end state in your head already, you will be able to spot those opportunities too when they come uh, like in a um, in a sideway so absolutely start from that end and then of course um, work backwards uh, chunk it down uh, and make it time bound be specific and hey where you want to head to in a six months from now in a year from now so time to time when you're checking your the uh, tracking the progress on your side project you know hey maybe i need to do these things differently maybe i need to include some of these learnings in my daily routine so i can find some time to do these things so you will find ways, um, but documenting it, uh, thinking about them and documenting it are absolutely a must have uh, for us, to, for you, for anybody. I think at least it's served me really well for um, having a uh, successful long-term career path. Yeah. yeah, and Colleen is commenting in the chat here and she's saying, um, make sure that you are, for like your kudos folder or your, your, your um, uh, side project like tracker, Make sure that you're saving this, um, you know, and sending this to your personal email because if it's just on your work email, you want to make sure that you still have a record of it after you leave that company or even that just that position. Um, she's also calls out that it's a great way to have like kind of a pick me up if you're having a bad day at work because you know everybody has those days where it seems like you've never gotten anything accomplished, but it's nice to be able to kind of go back and realize like, well, that's actually not the case. Yeah, um, absolutely. If we have about 15 minutes left in today's session, so I do just want to call that out in case anybody has a question they would like to ask that has not been touched on yet. Um, I'm going to flip us to our next question, but I'm going to hold here for a couple of seconds in case anyone would like to come off mute to ask their question. I'd um, also, if I could just, sorry, if I could just add one thing about the previous question, um, don't be afraid to make sure your manager knows who you are. Um, it's, it's a two-way street, that relationship with your manager. You can't hide from them. Um, and bringing to their attention what you're doing to uh, further your career is going to put that on them to realize that like, oh, like I need to make sure that I'm helping this employee get to where they need to go. Because like ultimately good managers are good coaches. And like a, to, a, to me, a sign of success in a manager is a manager who has uh, direct reports who have been with the company for a long amount of time and have successful careers out of that team. Um, so just keep that in mind too. I have a quick question. If you have a Go moment. right ahead, Ramona. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I really appreciate your comments on quantifying accomplishments, but um, I'm curious how to do that in situations where you don't have access to financials or even how your product was used uh, in the end. For instance, if you're working on application architecture, you're basically responsible for a plan, but not always for its implementation. And you may not have any access to what the financial impact was when it was eventually implemented. That's a good question. Um, I would say if you're working on something where you're not gonna be able to see like direct results of your impact, if you know the size or the scope of that plan. So like architecture, if you know you're designing something for like a very large undertaking, you could totally use that as far as like the scope of the plan that you put together, you could find a way to quantify that. Um, if it's something where like 
you've built um, like a lot of, like if you're a solutions architect and you've built a lot of plans for like a number of different clients, you could quantify like the number of plans that you've done as well to kind of show the, uh, the breadth of your knowledge and that like you're, you've worked with a number of clients and maybe not necessarily like one big giant client. Um, find any way that you can measure it. Um, it doesn't have to be like, I delivered X amount of like, if you can't tie it to revenue or profits or something like that, um, try and tie it to um, like an improvement on efficiency um, or something that might prove like the scope of your knowledge. Um, It just, it really helps folks when they're reading your resume, get a sense of the scale of what you've accomplished. Yeah, and as you go to bullet point this for your resumes, because I've, I've sat through a lot of these trainings, um, make sure that your bullet points are, are concise, obviously, but don't feel, don't feel like you have to, you know, kind of drill out the entire explainer. Your, your resume is supposed to work as one of those things that like gives you a jumping off point for this person to ask you more about your career and about what you've done at various companies. So write it in a way that you don't have to explain the entire thing, but it makes it interesting. So that person wants to know more. How were you able to increase efficiency on this project by 125%? How were you able to, you know, kind of streamline the process so that instead of taking five days, this now took three days or only two people had to be involved versus seven before, you know, you make, it's okay to leave a little bit to the imagination because that person will hopefully be interested enough to ask you how you did this. Um, Kim is also chiming in in the chat saying, if you can survey the people you worked with on the project, you could also try to get qualitative feedback on your projects there, which would be really interesting. Um, All right, so as we go here, we've got about 13 minutes left. Um, One of the topics I wanted to touch on here, um, this person had said, I feel like there's sometimes more bias from women than I've faced from men in male dominated teams. What can we do more as women to support each other and recognize our own biases towards each other as we move forward to, you know, kind of to support and, and really um, find that power in numbers? Yeah, um, yeah, it's unfortunate when it happens, right? I think you, you tend to um, anticipate more support from women, but I think as human beings, it is, the bias is not just, um, uh, I mean, specific to male male communities, like we are all biased, right? I think as when we grew up, uh, there were some stereotypes that were that we were, I mean, we seen growing up. Like, I mean, I uh, remembered a story where, oh, uh, imagine there is a, a football uh, team uh, that are almost at the edge of losing, and then there is a coach uh, trying to motivate them at, towards the and getting that one point that can be a tiebreaker. I, in all our heads, that coach is a male person, right? I think you, automatically that image pops up, right? So I think we have, we are like conditioned to think in a certain way. Um, so it's women and men are thing, and both have biases. Uh, but I, and I think another thing that happens um, is, yeah, that's why it's important to build that awareness. Hey, um, give the benefit of doubt to the other person that they've been, we are all conditioned. Um, and probably got discriminated uh, in one, one point or the other. And sometimes it's such a systematic problem, the bias, the implicit bias in their systems that um, some women go through it uh, so badly that they tend to be, become sensitive to that point. Hey, if I identify too much as a woman, it can be considered as a weakness. If I try to support more women or mentor or coach women, it can be seen as favorism. Uh, I don't want to be tagged as that person. I want, so they try to sway to the other direction. I've seen that um, when I'm working through the women community events um, at PayPal, uh, I've been a, uh, an active volunteer there. I definitely came across women who doesn't want to be associated with it because they feel like, hey, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't want to be tagged as someone who is like just specific to like, uh, women community. So I think we all have to be comfortable identifying ourselves as women. We want to operate as women. We don't want to operate as men, right? We want to bring ourselves uh, like our authentic selves, like how we are, I mean, how we operate, how we, our linguistic style, how the 
the collaborative styles that we have are very different from men. And uh, I, I think physiologically we are different. So we might express ourselves differently and we should be completely comfortable with that fact. Um, so that's why it's so important for organizations to be create those safe spaces uh, for supporting women and also for promoting people who are um, promoting diversity and inclusive um, uh, environments, right? So I think it's so important. So it's, it's a matter of awareness and the bias exists with everyone. I think that kind of awareness we should all have and uh, we should all be forgiving um, to someone who has biases that, hey, we are all conditioned, but we are trying to break those, break those patterns, right? I think what a lot of women have paved our way for us and we got to pave the way for others. Um, yeah. So, I feel that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's so great. And you're right. Like you want to lead with, with, um, you know, best intentions and assume the good with people. Um, in my experience with kind of that, like mean girl, cool girl kind of thing that you sometimes enc encounter way past high school is like you said, lead with that idea that like, there's room enough for everybody in the spotlight. There's room. It's not like you have to be the best to be like acknowledged, right? There's room for everybody to excel. And if your company culture doesn't allow that, that's not a very healthy company culture. But if you lead with that, that, that attitude, you can always just go up to, you know, the person that like the, the woman that doesn't seem to be supporting you or seems to be holding you to a higher standard than even like the men on your team are. And just be like, Hey, you know, I know that we really need to support each other because there's room for both of us here. Um, how can I support you? How can, how can we work together to make sure that we're both excelling here? Um, you kind of paint them into that nice corner because people aren't really anti you, they're pro themselves. So if you can find a way to kind of call that out, in a, you know, in a, a, a collegial kind of way, um, that would really work in your favor. Holly, did you have anything that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, um, I'd just like to add, it's also very important to um, listen to your colleagues as well. Um, especially like if you have a colleague who brings up an issue, it's very important that you listen to them and you validate their experience so that they feel comfortable sharing it. Um, and I'm just bringing this up specifically uh, because I, I do feel like uh, white women, sometimes we can be a little bit, because we have the privilege of our whiteness, we may not experience the same intersectionality of harassment or of like the, the, that lovely combo of like sexism and racism. So then if we have a colleague of color tell us about something that they experienced, we'll kind of be reflexive defensive because of our whiteness. We're really like, we need to be listening to what that person says. Um, it's really important that, you know, it's, it's not just like other women that we need to make sure that we're supporting um, because, you know, diversity makes a stronger team in all senses and aspects. Um, so, you know, the one thing that I would just add to that is, you know, just make sure like you're being listening and supportive. Um, and and I, I thought that was a great tip as far as like how you work with someone who may not um, come across as a supportive uh, for you. Um, I really enjoyed that tip. Thank you. You're, you're absolutely right on. I mean, if, especially if somebody brings something to your attention and you don't have the same experience, you, you're right. You shouldn't invalidate it or shouldn't, you know, come to the table with like, well, I've never had that problem. So clearly it doesn't happen make sure that you are valuing what that person has told you. If at face value, like that person has decided to share with you a moment when they were vulnerable or they were treated poorly or whatever, that's important. That person is trusting you with that experience and wants you to either help them or wants you to understand what they went through. So it's really important, like you said, not to invalidate that and to understand that even coming from a position of seemingly like, you know, not a lot of power or you are from, not from the dominant group within that, that certain setting, you do still have some degrees of power relative to other people, some degrees of privilege. So keep that in mind. Um, okay, so unfortunately the time always goes too quickly. So we are at the, we have about five minutes left in our session today. And I like to reserve this time at the end, um, both for, you know, kind of closing remarks as well as to express our thanks um, to our, our lovely guest speakers today. Um, the one thing I do want to start us here with is that PayPal is hiring. 
So I'm putting a link um, again into the chat here where you can go to PayPal's um, page on the Powerify website. You can check out their upcoming events as well as their open roles and get more information on the company. And I do just want to flag again, um, if you're just joining us or if you missed the, the shtick at the beginning, um, if you, especially if you don't see a role on PayPal's um, page that you would like to apply to, but you are really interested in PayPal as a company, make sure you click that bright pink follow button. You'll be at the top of the page on the right-hand side. It's gonna add you to their follow network, which tells PayPal that you are really excited and, and really interested in working with them. Um, that's a place that they can go and check every time they post new roles, but it's also gonna do the, the same like kind of in reverse. It's gonna tell you when they post new roles, when they participate in events like today, our virtual career fairs, our, our, me our mega summit that's happening in February, um, chat and learns, all kinds of stuff like that. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, for you, Holly and Tarika, um, what, individually, what is your favorite part about working at PayPal? For me, um, it's culture. Um, the people first culture. Uh, I've been with PayPal for 15 years and it didn't happen because of no reason. Because <laughs> uh, I, tell many people when I'm interviewing, they ask me, how, how come you're here for so long? I felt uh, I've joined as an engineer, I grew multiple levels. Um, and I had two kids as part of this 15 year journey and went through ups and downs of motherhood. Um, it, PayPal supported me so well. Um, I definitely time to time, I needed to get more support um, because uh, yeah, either I uh, did uh, face bias or I needed more mentoring and, co uh, and sponsorship. Definitely found, I found that support internal within PayPal, both uh, with male leadership as well as female leadership. So that's what I really loved about PayPal is like, I found, um, I mean, my interests as well as my uh, advancement in career, all of that, all my needs time to time, like where I needed to step back and slow down, all of those were met um, with the great support. And so for me, that's my favorite part is the people first culture. Yeah, ditto. I really, I really can't add anything to that answer. It's the exact same for me. Uh, I've only been with PayPal for about four years, but it's a very supportive culture. Um, I'm one of the volunteers for our women's employee resource group here in Chicago. And I have like, I've been able to build these amazing relationships with folks on our other employee resource groups. Um, and just seeing how the company has responded to events and how they put their employees and they put people first, just, it just keeps validating why I continue to work for PayPal. Excellent, thank you both so much. Um, so we have about a minute left in today's session. Um, so I do wanna say a huge thank you to both of you. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with um, maybe uh, like a, a wrap up of what you had said today or um, a subject that you wanted to comment on that we haven't touched on, um, anything along those lines. I think the only one thing which I love to uh, leave uh, uh, the participants with, thank you so much for attending this session. Uh, I think one thing which I would say is believe in yourself. Uh, when you are there, repeat this mantra that, hey, you are there because you're capable and because of your hard work and efforts. Um, believe in yourself, trust yourself, uh, never self-doubt. Um, just repeat this mantra again and again um, to overcome that imposter syndrome or self-doubt or the self-criticism. Awesome, thank you, Tarika. Yeah, um, I would just add one more thing. If you're looking to kind of explore, get some self-awareness or try and learn like what are skills or strengths about yourself or about roles that you're looking at, um, I really enjoy uh, Gallup has a strengths finder, which is pretty good. Um, and then there's a company called Lominger that has a set of like, it's like 67 core competencies, which has really uh, helped me learn how to kind of like look at different roles and really examine like what do you need to really do well in that role or like what are skills that I can work on in my career. Awesome and actually I'll um, I'll make sure to, to 
ask you in the follow-up email um, if you can send us links or the terms that you use to search those kinds of things so that way we can send those out as part of our um, our uh, circle back, you know, like um, the link rewatch email that y'all will get um, in a couple of days. Um, so again, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to both Holly and Tarika for joining us today, um, taking time out of your day to answer some of these like sometimes really intense and really personal questions. So thank you so much for your, your openness and for sharing your knowledge with us. Um, I also want to say a huge thank you to all of our attendees, everyone who um, put, uh, you know, submitted questions before today's session, everyone who submitted questions and comments during the session today. Um, it's really, really great. I, this is my, one of my favorite parts of my job is to, you know, meet and, and learn from such amazing women and also to kind of engage with our community. So thank you so much. Um, I have a couple of links that I've put up in the chat so you can, like I said, check out um, PayPal's company page. You can also connect with, um, with uh, Tarika and Holly on LinkedIn. Um, and then there's also a link there to check out some of our upcoming sessions. So I hope that you all will join us and I'll see many more of you on chats uh, down the road. And I hope that you all have a lovely Tuesday. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.